it's 3M Affairs Podcast. Josh here. Today we're talking about Bridesmaids. Kristen Wig, Maya Rudolph, the whole gang is here. Um, with me is Caleb and Brandon, my buddies. How are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> I'm doing okay. uh, I don't know how you left Melissa McCarthy off that list though. What a badass. <laughs> or uh Rose Byrne, who's like the best oh. in the whole thing. What's the dude? I just threw names off the What's top of the my guys, head. Yeah, but we're going to pick that on. apart now. What's the guy's name <laughs> who played uh, Chris something? Is Chris O'Donnell? Chris O'Dowd. No, not Chris, o- Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. I said Chris O'Donnell, but that's Robin. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've never had a Chris O'Donnell. Let's do some investigative he's, journalism he's got on Chris No, no, he's got he's, 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 Wow, yeah. He's, uh, I think he's, if I'm not mistaken, he has been doing some cop show for, for years. Oh, good. He's That's doing like NCIS, like LA or something, yeah, right. right? Or something. Yeah. Something is absolutely. I think it is NCIS. It's something like that. Something that's been running for 78 years already. Cool. Right. So he's fine. <laughs> I'm glad that he's okay. <laughs> I like him. I loved Robin growing up in that movie. That was like. I, I bet you did. Dude, those nipples <laughs> on that costume. I mean, come on. And I don't like Joel that you Schumacher, guys. Are... <laughs> Joel Schumacher is such an interesting, like, you know. I remember watching all these interviews of people like back, you know, in the nineties or eighties or whatever, when being gay was like still kind of like, you know, whatever people looked at it weird, but he was always, he's always just been out. And I remember this one interview with Colin Farrell being like, yeah, like everybody in Ireland, like I we all know that he's kind of, you know, but we wrap by four o'clock every day. So what the fuck, you know, <laughs> and it's <laughs> just interesting, you know, and then he fucking makes yeah. Batman of bat nipples. And, but then he makes like, um, Hold on, I loved, I liked and, Batman uh, Forever. Like, I understand people's okay. issues with it, but I, I watched, and I'm saying this now, I watched it the other night. And so, like, in, <laughs> like, watching it now, okay. with nostalgia, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love this. This is great. All right. <laughs> also, <laughs> I totally. Seen in years. Nicole Kidman is doing some real, uh, it's, it's like, she's doing, like, a 10 in comic book, like, acting, and I love it. What is, who is she perfectly. Again? She is. I want to say Vicky Vale, but that's not right. Um, no, I thought wasn't she? She wasn't Poison Ivy. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no that was So it's the it's the movie before that. It's the movie before that, and she's playing like a. She's a psychologist. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but it's like it's like she's doing like a a ten of like super like sultry comic book acting. Like she's like trying to like bang Batman the whole time. And I just could not stop like laughing in a really positive way. Like I was enjoying it. I was like, Oh, this is a choice you made. And I love it. Like so you're just having is, a great time. Great. This is Val Kilmer, not Clooney, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cause Clooney, oh, okay. I, I like, I like him as uh Bruce Wayne. I don't know about his Batman necessarily, but the best, the best part is that Clooney has all these interviews where he talks about how like, he's like, Oh yeah, no, I ruined the Batman franchise. And it's just like he does it, he, just the way he talks about it, you know? I think there's one where he's uh, either Ben Affleck, he was on Graham Norton's show, and Ben Affleck or like Christian Bale, they were talking about, did they ask you for advice? And he was like, why would you ask me for advice? I ruined it. And just like <laughs> laughing because he's George Clooney, because he's the man. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to go from, like, say what you want about Tim Burton. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he is necessarily, he has more misses than hits, in my opinion. But he's such a he's such like a visual person and, and yeah. the the visual identity that he gave to Gotham I think hasn't really been matched. Because like in Batman Begins, I, I like the work that Nolan did in creating like he, he kinda went there and he had like the monorail, which like gave it its own like unique thing. But it's but but then, it's like, realistic. It's realistic. 
but the Dark Knight is just Chicago. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but yeah. I like, I really like what Tim Burton did with it visually, even if I think those movies, I think the second one with like De- Danny DeVito really holds up. I, I haven't seen the first one in a while. But, uh, um, you know what? It's funny you say that. I haven't seen the second one in, in a while. Maybe, well, maybe we have our new, uh, maybe we have some stuff we got to check out sometime. <laughs> I like how it. are you, how, I'm sorry. How, how are you? You guys are all good though. I know Batman talk aside. Checking in, making sure uh, you guys are mentally okay, physically, emotionally. Brandon's you know. feeling good after watching Bridesmaids, which is good. Oh, uh, it's okay. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so he's doing good. <laughs> uh, no, that's a that's a pretty good. Uh, actually, that's a pretty good way to uh, to label the state of my life. Yeah, I'm upside down. So that's, that's about uh-huh. it. Damn, uh, no, I mean, look, everything's good. Uh, Toronto's starting to open up with the film industry again. So uh, a lot of auditions this week and stuff like that, which has been nice. Um, yeah. And just like kind of in talks for a couple different projects and trying to figure things out and, you know, seeing everything goes, I did the, uh, the COVID safety guidelines last night, the certificate thing. Online. I saw that. Uh, yeah. You know, it takes like 20 minutes, you know, you read through a bunch of stuff and it's all, it's all good. It's all very common sense. It's uh good practices being put in place. It's definitely a positive thing. So yeah. Um, Great. Can't be anything but positive, you know? We've been sitting on our asses for like four months, so it's nice to be able to do something. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, I try, it's a struggle every day, you know, to kind of be like, eh, what do I want to do today, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, it's interesting because I, I started catching up on my Supergirl and Batwoman and stuff like that uh, to try and just get through all these last seasons of the C- my CW shows, my RCW <laughs> shows, the superhero shows. Um, and it's so interesting because they all film in Canada, right? Most of them. Yeah, Vancouver. Brandon? and Yeah, mostly Vancouver. So I'd be interested to see if like those come back next, like sp- I would say next spring, if they do start, you well, know, so filming, like, they'll do like shorter. For example, you know? I read today, um, that which is along the same lines. I, I did read today that apparently Titans just start, Titans season three just started post-production or pre-production again okay. sorry, for season three. Um, so if, I mean, if they're opening up in Ontario, Van, uh, BC has less cases, I, th- I believe now. Um, so I, I think they're, they're would be ahead of us if, if I'm right. So yeah, yeah, uh, seems, seems like those shows will be the, I would guess the first shows back. Yeah. I mean, cause right now LA is nowhere near no. allowing people I mean, to, to film in New York, yeah. you know, New I York mean, is, New York, um, maybe, yeah, New York but is just because they are steady and they've out. been steady for a long time. Um, but I feel like there's going to be like this cusp, like it's, it's just, it's creeping up the coast. You know what I mean? Like you see that map and it's like, I can just, I can feel it. Right. Like right when I'm about to go back to work in two weeks, three weeks, whatever, it's going to hit again. I'm just going to be like, well, fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I no, it's funny because, um, so Caleb and I talked, we, when we were like practicing our like uh, microphone recording last week before the, the, the official recording, um, we talked about uh, series like structure, like episode structure and stuff. And I, we were talking about, I brought up the CW shows because they're like 22 episodes, 42 minutes, whatever, yeah. you know, and like newer things coming out are like 10 episodes, eight episodes. But it's so funny watching or binge watching Supergirl, let's say. I mean, it's it's CW. It's it's uh, it's a lot of CGI. Like it's it's kind of weird and corny sometimes and stuff. But like you can tell when the show hits major plot points for the season because those scenes are like really good in terms of like TV. 
other episodes, but that's like every uh, like three episodes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the episodes in between are like, oh, who cares? What's this? I don't know. They have five minutes at the very end that they reveal something else. You know what I mean? So it's just interesting in terms of TV and structure mm-hmm. now where you go to like 10 episode seasons and like for something like the morning show, I felt like the final two episodes were like really good. But then we had to like, why did we have to watch through those first seven episodes to get to this? Well, it's character building. You got to get their backstory and their history and things like that. But even so with this binge culture, I just find it interesting how it's changed from a scheduled weekly thing where you have your network television shows that everybody plans to, you know, watch on Sunday nights, Monday nights, Tuesday nights, whatever. Yeah. Which is a dead, uh, it's a dead, that's a dead or a dying system, I guess, you know? Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely super interesting. Like the differences in the I just the get how formulaic obvious, it is. Yeah, you know that, what I mean. Okay. And the best example, the example I always go to is House. And I, the House was a, I loved it. It was a great show. The, the acting was great. Caleb's laughing at me. Um, no, just because when I hear House, I think of House. Oh, okay, okay, okay. House. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, wait. Till you see the description I put up for it. Oh, I can't wait. Um. Uh, what was I saying? No, um, Hugh Laurie's great is, on that show. The, the too many punches to the face again. Oh, right, House, thank you. Um, God, my brain. Um, <laughs> House is, a, I mean, it's the exact same show every episode in the best way for the first couple seasons where it's so serialized that it's, you know, there's a problem, they can't figure it out, then they think they figure it out, you know, at 40 minutes or 35 minutes, then they start trying to fix it, then something goes wrong, and then in the last second, he figures it out and saves them, and then everything's good. You know, it's like the last five minutes, it's the same It's the same show every episode, and it was great for yeah. a while, and then it just became, I mean, like, too much for me personally. But, it, I mean, they had the running storylines through all that, but you know what I mean, the serialization, it, it gets a lot. Well, yeah. when you have, like, an open-ended... You know, I, I always prefer narratives that are like closed loops. Like you have a clear like beginning, middle and end. Like Breaking Bad, I think works so mm-hmm. well because they knew where they were going and they knew vaguely how long it was going to take to get there. When you have these shows that are like, we're just going to keep going as if people keep watching. And then like, you know, that like, I, I don't know of a of a, a single scenario I can think of that has gone on longer than like six seasons that has remained consistent in quality. Because, like, then it's, like, the network's, like, all right, this is your last season. It's, like, fuck, now we got to figure out how we're going to end it. You know? So, right. like, think, of, think about that The Walking Dead is. Or, like, you know, how bad Lost got by the end. You know, it's just, it's just like, crazy. But that's just me. Well, okay, but Lost seems like such a, like, crazy example in that. And I don't know, I honestly have no idea. But it very much seems like, great idea. They started writing the shit out of it. And then we're, like, uh-oh. Well, uh, 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 well uh, uh, <laughs> when you focus your entire hook of your series on a mystery that you don't know the answer to, it's insane. <laughs> you know, like, isn't this great? I'm like, yeah, I'm really yeah. intrigued. Where's this going? They're like, we don't yeah. know. We're going we're gonna to figure it out together. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so a, frustrating. This is a pick your own adventure story. Uh, did yeah, we not tell you that at the beginning? Motherfucker. This is, you're not R.L. Stein. You got to give me a fucking ending. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it is interesting with like storytelling, you know what I mean? Like and how many episodes do we actually need? You know? Eight. Eight but episode see, seasons I'm realizing are perfect. I love me. that you just said yeah. that. I mean like I'm working on a project that's like kind of my, my patch project right now and like putting it together and like yeah, it's an eight episode outline. 
It also seems like the easiest way to start it and build it, you know? You have the one to two episode, like, introduction, and then episodes three and four, you're continuing the story. Episode five or six, maybe, that's your pocket episode, where you go and have your own contained little adventure that seemingly doesn't have anything to do with the plot, but thematically is very relevant. And then the rest of your season's the climax. It's perfect. Aww, there you go. It's it's yeah, it's, it's perfect. You gotta say. I just gave you, you the secret answer. Anybody listening? I know we gotta. I, 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 I think it's important. You gotta say more stuff like that. Like that's actual knowledge and information that's gonna that can help people. We gotta, I feel like that's what we should, should be doing. Yeah, talking about that was, fucking, that was totally that was fantastic. I'm fucking bat nipples and like. <laughs> Yo, Josh, later send me an isolation an isolated uh, audio clip of that. I'm gonna have to re-listen to that. <laughs> learn something okay <laughs> yeah we're joking around and as soon as we hang up brandon's gonna be like I- I- i've cracked the code <laughs> Eureka! no um i well before we get started like into whatever i did want to point out um i don't know if you guys saw but ennio morricone passed away who's like one of the most famous composers of all time i did not um and I- he like lived a very full life he was <laughs> in his 90s so you know and he accomplished so much he, right. he did like um all of the sergio leone films like once upon a time in america wow. um, he did the good bad the ugly cinema paradiso days of heaven ripley's game the thing which is one of my favorite scores of all time he worked with quentin tarantino on the hateful eight um i mean this guy was so accomplished and any score that you've heard you know in the past 40 50 years even has been like directly influenced by him i would say just such a fucking master of his craft and i and i can't think of another person who's like for so long i would encourage you guys to find um yo-yo ma did a recording of some of his most famous themes called yo-yo ma plays ennio morricone and like if you guys can track that down it's like fucking really really special i don't know i love music and like everybody talks about like john williams or whatever and he's great but like this guy was like fucking crushing it in all different like drama, yeah. horror, comedy, like like western, like every conceivable fucking type of movie you can think of, and he's perfect. You know, it's just amazing. Uh, so yeah. R.I.P. It's so, people people don't understand just how empty something feels without the oh, score or sound editing or things like that. You know, like it's they actually like music and humans like coexist in such a way that like if you're not feeling something there's something in the music that'll that will make you feel something and that's you know we use music and score to really kind of carry the audience through the you know the emotional structures you know you i mean you need it a hundred percent like it's it, it changes everything um well i would say that you need to know when to use it because a, sc- a good score used effectively is amazing but right. i've i've seen movies that it's like they they overuse a certain overture and like um you know and it, and it becomes draining have you ever seen uh, the movie yeah. have you ever seen the movie friday night lights or the show actually i think they use this it's the same band uh but it's explosion in the sky who does the score mm-hmm. um and uh, it's fa- fantastic it's not you know it's just very uh it's very specific it's very like everything's got a very like a lot of things have an uplifting tone to it right um, well, it's funny because, like, I remember, you know, it's we can't, you know, mention sound score without 
you know, mentioning Hans Zimmer a little bit, but I do think I totally I think thought Caleb you were going to say Max. Sorry, don't mean to interrupt. Or Max. Oh, oh hey, Max. Max. Buddy Max is hey, a Max, fucking amazing doing? composer. Well. He's that's so good. Where my, uh, yeah, that's where my head goes as well. I, I'm, he is. I think one yeah. day he's going to end up winning like an Academy Award for that. And he loves like Alan Silvestri and um, talented, Hans Zimmer yeah. for sure. Really, really good. He's got great taste. Yeah, Nine Inch yeah, Nails, Trent Reznor, baby. Fucking Trent Reznor has made some phenomenal scores. Like The Social Network, Watchmen... Um, girl with the dragon tattoo, waves like am- amazing. Who would have thought the fucking uh closer guy, like the <laughs> the fucking downward spiral guy, would be? I'm oh, sorry, I'm I'm going on a tangent. No, I but I I, no. I it, it, no, I'm, right? I'm interested. <laughs> Gerard Way, Gerard Way for Umbrella Academy did a bunch of the soundtrack. Obviously, you know. You see that? Uh, you see that season two trailer? Not yet. I haven't watched it yet. I saw the boys yeah, season either. two trailer though. Yeah, that shit looks amazing. <laughs> Boys. I still haven't finished the boys. Oh, dude, it's good. so um, good. How, it's good. Were, you got like halfway through it or what? I got a f- four, four episodes, I think yeah. before it was. It's so weird to think time before Corona right now, <laughs> but it's like, I remember being able to like watching, like trying to watch a show and then having to go to work or right. be busy or go do something. And then I never get around to it. Um, so I'm sure I can add it back, you know, to the list or whatever, but, um, guess what? It's eight episodes. I'm excited. It is eight episodes. Oh, it is. That yeah. I thought that kid was so good in it. Um, what's his name? Uh, Randy guy. Quaid's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish I could remember what his first name is, but Jack Quaid. Quaid. Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. I thought he was. Yeah. I, he was awesome. And then I didn't know that he was Randy Quaid's son, and his mom is also. I can't remember who his mom is, but also incredibly famous. Um, but you're. I'm watching, and I'm like, who are you? Like, why do you look? so so familiar and then i looked it up and i was like oh because you're dennis quaid's kid and meg ryan's kid and you look like both of them (laughs) (laughs) i hope so he was great Um, though great i was floored at the actor who plays homelander like the superman character right yeah i like i I think the writing is good i think it's i think it's an okay show but i could not take my eyes off of him i was so impressed with the work that he was doing and the range that he was able to display and i don't want to like the rest of the cast is great too, but he specifically w- really mm. blew me away, and I and didn't know who he was. And it's a, it's a, you know, it's a character. It's a real yeah. character. Like you know, uh, Jack Quaid's character is obviously he's the lead, so it's the most normal character. Same with um, Billy the Butcher. What uh, what's that actor's name? He's amazing. He's in everything. Fantastic. Yeah, um, I love uh, and Carl Urban's great too. Yeah, Carl <laughs> um, Urban. He's fantastic. I mean, but uh. But no, I mean, it's imagine if for those listening who don't know, it's if Superman was just a fucking psychopath asshole and he's he's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, it's almost like it's not the same, but in the way that he's such a good and interesting villain, it's like uh, D'Onofrio and Daredevil or David Tennant and Jessica Jones. Like it's not the same. There's a lot more humor in it, obviously. But for me, it's the same level, if not better of like, wow, I mean, David and Josh. Yeah, no, I'm so, no, sorry, I cut you off. Um, no, but David Tennant and Jessica Jones, that his villain that season was such a. I remember being like, "How the fuck is she going to beat this guy?" Because you you know it like it hooked me when like mm. second to last episode. I'm still like, I don't know how she's gonna do it. She's not gonna fucking do it, and then you know she does it. But um, he was so good. Yeah, so good. Um, My favorite bad guy. Of, like that, and then we'll and then sorry, we'll move on. Yeah. Did you guys ever watch Firefly? I haven't yet. No. I have to watch it. Uh, it's one of my favorite know, TV shows. You know. uh, the movie that they made called Serenity is great also. Uh, and Chiwetel Ejiofor plays the villain. And he is um, 
phenomenal. It is one of my favorite villain performances. He's so quiet and subdued. Because the rest of that cast, you know, like Nathan Fillion and all those guys, they're like, you know, we're like space cowboys and we're like, Ugh. but he, but she would tell just goes the complete other way and is like a monk, basically, and how like centered he is and threatening and intimidating. He's fucking amazing. That guy's great. He should awesome. have, he should win every Oscar every year. <laughs> I love him. Um, oh, sorry, I'm done sorry. going on tangents. Josh, I know you want to move on just real quick. I wanted to jump back to what you're talking about with the CW shows. Um, yeah, uh, because there's a lot of news that's come out about all of those shows. There's a lot of cast changeover. So real Star quick, Girl, I just want right? to touch on that. Yeah, let me know. Star Girl got picked up, right, Caleb? Now we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, moved. I think it's moving to them. Announced. The yes, that's what it was. DC from DC to CW. Uh, the big one from yesterday. Or last night, it was announced the new Batwoman. I cannot remember her name, but uh, she looks fantastic, and she's black, which is great and so, a lesbian. Wonderful. So, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. You got, you you, got what's two she, for one. What's she from? Uh, she looks like a great Batwoman. I'm pumped for it. I uh, I don't know. I don't think she's from anything big. I think this is her big break. Love it. I like that even I know better. People then. are upset. That's my favorite. Not that people aren't upset. I don't think about her necessarily. I mean, I'm sure there are people, but I think people are more upset that they like. And I'm not as invested in the comics, so I, I don't know. But it seemed like what I was reading, it was a lot of, like, I think there's so many actual, like, characters from the source material they could have went with, and they just, like, created a, a new person. Well, but that's, like, that's whatever. Fair. Who cares? Yeah, like, I'm sure if they I, do at it this well, point, people will watch yeah. it. I mean, uh, it's the same as, like, you know, they said that about Miles Morales, and now he's, like, one of the like, greatest characters ever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, black well, I feel people like... can't be Super- or Spider-Man, so they like, well, we'll make one. And then, uh, and then he's amazing. They, he's such oh, a good right. character. Uh, and it's an amazing character, but also I would have, they should have just let Donald Glover be Peter Parker in the movie. That would have been, the, I mean, it would have been amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, but they didn't. And now we have Spider-Verse and I'm thankful we have Spider-Verse. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. It's so um, oh, I, amazing. Sorry, Josh. I'm interested to see what they do. No, I'm just inter- in, uh, interested to see what they do in terms of like, is it going to be season two or is it going to be season one? Ooh, you know what I mean? I think, I, I think from what I've heard season two, it's going to be season two, but that's an interesting thought. You know, I wonder if they'll do a, a quick crossover with the flash. Maybe. I don't know. That's all they need really. Yeah. Right. You just need the flash to come in and fuck up the timeline again and be like, Oh wait, what? It's you now. Just, just Batwoman's, just, right. just Batwoman's uh, timeline. That's all. They'll do that uh, horrible. Know? They'll do that horrible thing where it's like you look different, and then like <laughs> the best version of that is. Right. And I think we brought this up before. Is in Iron Man two when he walks in, he's like, "Yeah, it's me. Let's get over it." Well, the, no, fast. the actual line Don Cheadle has is great. Like, yeah, what is it? Uh, RDJ turns to him and he goes, "I'm here." It's, it is what it is. We're just going to move on. And he's like, okay. And then and then they go yeah. have their fucking bullshit trial or whatever. And Mickey Rourke is like, I am Russia. But it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> um, and then the, but the other thing I was going to say about all the CW stuff is the guy who plays Ralph Dibney got fired a couple weeks ago, too. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, yeah, like, the sexual. Yeah. I don't know. The guy who played Ralph Dibney. I don't like know a, who that is. A, a Elastic, Elastic, Man. Elastic Man. What what happened? Did he, that tweet, did he tweets from like, bad? just like tweets from years ago when they were like really, really bad jokes that like they were like obviously like putting out like stand-up type jokes on twitter type of thing but we're so you know just ridiculous so yeah you know, i don't like happen. that you can get fired for something no, that, but, i don't know whatever i haven't seen the yeah. tweets maybe if i read them i'd be like oh you're a fucking asshole but right i, I mean i yeah, think maybe. every situation's it's its own situation that we have to but look like at, and it's like know? with james gunn it's like the the public's like appreciation and litmus for humor changes like every year so like how can you like look back and it's like what are we gonna let's cancel like fuck it but, uh it's like when people are like robert downey jr should be canceled for tropic thunder like it's fucking well, stupid 
I mean, we we nominated. They got nominated for an Academy Award. So how does that work? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or is that the problem? Yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. What I, don't I'm know. I don't know anything. That being what said, I watched about. Hamilton last night, and yeah. it was amazing. I think you got to see it live. I don't like that Disney censored it, so it, I haven't watched. What it. do you mean? They took fuck out. Well, they said they they, they're trying to fucking whitewash <laughs> the world, and I think it's fucking ridiculous. Well, I, it's, I might only use a couple of words, but I think it's important. I don't like that they can just buy everything and then, you know, shape it to what they think standards are for, like, you know, I don't know. Uh, Here's the thing. Taking, you're writing, taking like, fu- you're, like, you're, I... you're watching, having people watch a musical about fucking slave owners, and, like, you're taking, like, fuck out. Like, what? <laughs> you know, there's people getting murdered. And it's like, oh, it's a bad word. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, yeah, but stupid. D- I mean, it's a ratings thing. That's all. It's as soon as you move it. You're from- online. You don't have to worry about ratings. It's not fucking being streamed online. Oh, actually, how does that work? That's a really it, that's interesting- the whole reason why Netflix can do what they do is because they don't have to be adjusted huh. to the ratings board because you're responsible when you sign up for a streaming service to know the content and per- use your own parental. Like that's why you can have like sex. Very on, like, these interesting. Amazon shows or Netflix things because they don't have to appeal to ratings but disney huh. has their brand and they're so focused yeah. on sanitizing and being like you know and and cr- presenting the world not as it is even in their fucking like nature documentaries they own national geographic and they'll edit out like these like videos of animals like eating each other it's like what do you think what do you, these kids are like oh i don't know what's going on it's just fucking ridiculous and that's my own crusade and i know very few people agree with me it's a great show and i hope people I watch mean, it and i hope people get engaged into different like mediums of art and it seems like people are enjoying it but i got i was fortunate enough to see a live so i'm i don't feel any so i didn't see it and watching it last night uh super inspirational yeah it's probably the probably the best show i've seen and i've seen a lot of shows you know uh i mean like i I saw buck of mormon live with like josh gad the original cast and I th- yeah. thought that or Death of a Salesman was the best. But I mean, even watching like Hamilton is just such a well-written show. Well, yeah, it's that, just not uh, the same. Obviously, yeah. those are both amazing as well. And, uh, but I've never seen anything like that either. What's what so I'm how saying? Do you, yeah. How do you write 30 different songs in different genres? <laughs> how talented can you be? Anyways, yeah. Lin-Manuel really wrote <laughs> a line for like, so he played Hamilton himself and he wrote the girl a line that where she said he's handsome and he knows it <laughs> like what a fucking like power move love it um yeah so something that disney would never buy and 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 wash out bridesmaids oh wow we're talking about a movie today with us in the corner <laughs> you know it's funny i'm not i'm not frustrated but i'm just sitting there going i'm gonna have to edit 30 minutes of banter which is cool and I, we talk about really good things, but then again, it's like, I would love to talk about bridesmaids. You know well, what I mean? that's what we're doing. So instead of talking about <laughs> so, how you want to talk about it, just talk about it. Bro, I've been, wow. I've been watching the, wow, I've been watching the time. Move. I've been watching the time. We're like half an hour in, so we're perfectly timed to be starting talking about bridesmaids. Thank you very much. Cool. I think it's going to take an hour to discuss, so. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um. When you were talking about like tweets from pre like previous years and like mm-hmm. uh, controversial comedy, I was about to jump in. This is before Hamilton talk. Jump in with you know. Speaking of somebody who's been <laughs> criticized for their uh, dis their their uh, lack of taste in their comedy, 
Judd Apatow produced a film. <laughs> Has it been uh, uh, called Bridesmaids? Uh, you know, is that a criticism that he gets? I haven't. I don't know that. I, I was. I was reading a little bit. He he has a tendency, like it's like the the male humor and things like that, and sexist oh, and homophobic yeah, and like knocked tenants, up, knocked up. He got that was a that, yeah, up, yeah yeah yeah. You know, yeah, forty yeah, year old virgin, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, <laughs> he doesn't really treat women very well in his in his material. No, but we have Bridesmaids. Right, came out two thousand eleven. Nine years old now. <laughs> Directed by Paul Reef, right? Paul Feig. Reig? Feig. Feig. Paul Feig. Um, and starring a list of, you know, great actresses, Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, uh, Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Melissa <laughs> I don't McCarthy. I even know her real name. <laughs> it's Ellie Kemper. I have her written down. Hold on. Ellie Elizabeth Kemper, Kemper, John Hamm, Rose Byrne, Chris O'Dowd, Tim Heidecker. Wendy McLendon. Um, Melissa McCarthy, obviously. Yeah, it's it's a good. What's cast. Melissa McCarthy's yeah. husband's yeah. name? Ben he's Falcone. Yeah, he's hilarious as well. Air Marshall John. Yeah. Um, so it's a a movie, a comedy about um a woman, Maya Rudolph. She gets engaged and has some bridesmaids, and uh, <laughs> it's it's the journey of wow. Annie and. Yeah. Um, pull that right from the IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, seriously, this like. You take a half hour to get to it, and then you just trash me. To like, I'm sorry, I want to talk quiet. about I'll the movie. Good. Let I'm me sorry, introduce it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Sorry, I'm only halfway through a cup of coffee. Um, and hilarity ensues. Well, no, it's a journey. Like, it's you know, Kristen Wiig's character is you know trying to plan all these things, but she gets bullied and like outshadowed by. Um, Goddamn! Why did I write these her name their names on like Rose Byrne? Um, Rose Byrne. She's so and good. Uh, amazing, you know, it's it's about a, you know, that journey of life and like, you know, things may bring you down, but you have to through friendships and whatnot, you make those right decisions um, to pull yourself up. Uh, initial thoughts and reactions, guys. I know I've seen it a few times. I'm sure we've we've all seen it at a certain. Um, I, I do want to. Uh, there's an, an interesting thing I was thinking about, and I assume and I believe you were both there, but. So I'm going to just say the three of us, but I think the three of us all had the you know unique opportunity of also hearing Kristen Wiig talk about how this, you know, was put together and all that. We saw her yes. at Inside the Actor Studio. So that's a interesting perspective for all this. Caleb <laughs> was not there, I'm assuming. No, I was there. But I mean, in no disrespect to her, it was like easily the worst one that we went to or I went to at least. Well, no, it, it's because, because she like clearly post was SNL and didn't know what kind of show it was going into. Exactly. Yeah. And there was answered a little... every question very awkwardly. And James yeah. Lipton was near the end of his life at that point, so he wasn't on the top of his game. It was just a very awkward situation. It was a little. It was a little. It was. Yeah. A, it was a little awkward. That is. That is. That is true. Yeah. But it was interesting hearing about them writing this, uh, writing bridesmaids and getting it produced, and you know, doing their own thing. It was. It was. It was great in that respect. Um, the movie itself. I mean, I hadn't seen it in a while. Cracked me up. You know, it's hilarious. I love them doing improv. I mean, they're all absolutely hilarious. That's. It's just every scene's going to be funny. You know, it was. It was, it was great. Caleb, did you remember any more uh, scenes? Minus the two after watching this. Well, yeah, I mean, this is, I had seen it. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it like the first time it came out on VOD, like maybe when it was first on Netflix, like years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it, I, it, it shook me like, and I know that this was very purposeful, like what they were doing. There are a very, like, there's a lot of famous men in really small parts yeah. in this movie, which is like very clearly an, an intentional thing. Like Terry Crews is in it for like two seconds in the beginning. Um, Tim Heidecker plays Maya Rudolph's husband and he has no lines, but like, I look at him and I'm like, I can't believe they, 
they hired you and like didn't let you do anything. You know, it's just it's he's just so he's such a genius. Um, and then obviously John Hamm, uh, so good in it, <laughs> fucking ridiculous. It's just interesting how he. It's funny, like him and Rose Byrne also are such. The first time I was exposed to them was in dramatic roles, and they're both right. incredible as dramatic actors. But they're they usually do comedy, like they mostly do comedy, and so it was so interesting to see them. Um, but their big breaks yeah. were were in you know these serious drama. dramas that they they yeah. killed it in, yeah. But to see, I mean, John Hamm since then is so funny. You well, know, no, hilarious. He, he, was, he was boys and, with Paul Rudd. They like came up in comedy together. Like right. he, that's what he wanted to do. And then he, oh, like, I didn't know you that. You look like you just stepped out of the 1950s. Like, please be Don Draper. Yeah. <laughs> like, you are an outrageously handsome looking person. And when everybody like, okay, Mad Men was this whole persona and everything. And then when he comes out and he started doing all the comedy and all the comedy was taking the piss out of himself. Everybody's like, oh, you're, this is hilarious. You're the man. Let's move forward with you doing as much comedy as possible, please. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Rose Byrne is really good in damages and also yeah. this movie called Sunshine. She I love damages. Um, yeah, but, uh, I don't know. I think the movie's okay. I feel like this is one of those movies that you can't be like in the middle of the road on. Like I, when you go online and you read the reviews, there's like the one camp that's like, Five stars, female empowerment. If you don't like it, you're sexist, which I think is fucking stupid. But then there's also yeah. the one star reviews that are like, women aren't funny and like, this is fucking dumb. And that's also <laughs> ridiculous. Like both, both are ridiculous. I think this is a perfectly right. fine movie. I, there were plenty of moments that made me chuckle. I think that it's way too long. <laughs> this movie did not sure. need to be two hours long. <laughs> you know, comedy should be short. Brevity is the soul of wit. Yeah, Shakespeare such a fair criticism. Like, and then the way to put the, but you, the way you put that is so is is like perfect. You know, yeah, like it, it's a great movie. It's not the best comedy ever made. It's definitely not the worst comedy ever made. I give it an eighty percent somewhere around. You know what I mean? Like, it's well, it good. these these like with comedies, and this is like what's interesting. I feel like with mainstream, there's like when you think of comedy movies, it's like just an excuse for funny people to get together and do and be funny and that's like fine if that's yeah. the experience you're going and looking for i'm the type of person and if this makes me sound like pretentious or whatever then i guess i'll go kill myself but if i'm the type of person that looks for like a narrative experience you know what i mean like i like a good story and i think there are plenty of stories of movies that are narratively focused that are funny and can be funny but this is just a movie about jokes and it's a movie about funny character actors doing funny character actor things and that's fine and that's great and i think there's a place for that it's not my favorite. I think that, and it was interesting, Brandon, because last time you were like, "I'm sure this is gonna hold up and, and nothing's gonna be offensive." And then one of the fir the first time we see Chris O'Dowd play a police officer, he not only makes a crack about police brutality and right. improper conduct, yeah. also there's a Bill Cosby joke and that takes yeah, a very different <laughs> turn. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I thought well, that it, it's did that not already happen because I totally took that movie joke, came like, out in 2011. Movie no. came out in 2011. Yep. Oh right. Oh shit. So oh, because Bill Cosby a, was back. Josh, did you but, take Josh? Did you take that joke the same way I did? Because I thought that was the joke they were making. I forgot that that had happened after. You know what's funny? I did take the joke like what they were making, but it's but it did happen like what five years? Oh, that's uh, wild. Or so before Bill Cosby got. You know, you know, yeah. Arrested and that's if that, was, and if that was intended for now. That's way too dark. <laughs> that's way too dark. Like, that's so funny. Not, not that like, movie. not that I'm saying that you can't make that joke, but I'm saying for the tone that movie was going for, way too dark. 
totally out right. of place. <laughs> like, well, no it's sense. like with that, and what's also funny too is like in the jeweler store, like the the owner like touches like one of the the employees, and he's like, "Please don't sue me later." Yeah, you know? that's also yeah. a little and, and a little spicy now. And it's a little still too spicy like now. it's so funny. Like, isn't that interesting though? Like back in 2011, like things that we can like kind of poke fun at like shit hit the fan five years you know four years later yeah five, you a know, short amount six of years later but later for sure um, <laughs> very short no i get caleb i get what you what you mean by like character actors just kind of playing character but i did i will argue that in terms of kristen wiggs character and her acting in terms of trying to pull her like story and like down in the dumps or whatever like she kills it on the jokes but i also as keep like taking her situation seriously i did believe her character in the sense of like just hating her life, not motivated, trying to figure out what to do, just getting pissed off at uh, Helen, you know, and her perfect fucking life quote, you know, but there were, there's definitely stereotypes and caricatures of, of characters. You know, you have, you know, you have the newlywed, you have the mom who just drinks and hates her children, you know, Um, you have, Melissa McCarthy's. I couldn't. I couldn't put a name to her type, her character type. Melissa uh, McCarthy. In the movie. That's the type. It's Melissa McCarthy. Well, she's she's doing like <laughs> she Chris Farley. Yeah, she's she doing made her own type. Chris Farley, but yeah. obviously in like making it her own. I think she's great. She's I think that fantastic. she got fucked over by this movie a little bit because if you look at her like Wikipedia, the next like four things she did, she's playing the same character. And they're all terrible. Yeah, it's, <laughs> but, it's, but then but she came brought, back with the. Uh, it brought her to a point stuff. where she could do more stuff and whatever she wanted. You know no, what I mean? For sure. But I think like, she has an unfairly earned reputation of being bad, and I don't think she's bad. I think she's just no. made I don't a bunch think of subpar true. comedies after this. I oh, mean, yeah, I dude. look at her I fucking look at her true. fucking uh, look at like all the fucking scores of her movies after this. They're all rotten. That's fair. Tomatoes. Not that that matters, but you know, I, it's it's there's there's more work beyond this movie that she's known for and it's but, bad. but well, sorry i just want to go back to what josh said really quickly and but into what you said before about this the, the what you said like lack of story in this movie i actually and along with what josh said but i'll take it even farther i i mean i thought that and i didn't pay attention at all the first couple times i've not watched this movie before but i was actually trying to pay attention this time for this there i mean i following christopher's character and that story i i i enjoyed it genuinely just that's the story and it's the story of her Realizing that she's being a piece of shit to everybody, <laughs> you know, and that's the switch between the second and third act is her realizing that and then trying to make amends and doing things right. It's not a complex story. It's not a it's not a story that really drives the plot that much. You're right. But it was enough in there for me to be like, OK, that's a redemption ish story. Like she realizes that she's kind of being self-centered. She's being not a good friend. Uh, and then she's got to take control of her life. You know, it's not. Com- but Caleb's. But Caleb's right in the fact that like it is a very like it doesn't try to hide that it's it's it was a comedy written by Christian Wig and yeah, Annie yeah, yeah. Mumolo, you know, and yeah. like they're stand up comics, they do improv and it's like you know, it's it's a very like we, we keep saying formulaic, but it's it's a comedy. It's yeah. you got these structures, you got these bits, right? What? Everything's structured on these bits, but um, is it a romantic comedy? A little bit. Is it a buddy comedy? A little bit. Like I, I do feel like it kind of. It wasn't just one type of like romantic like comedy movie, yeah. but that was just a a comedy written by a couple women who, you know, truthfully set out to be like, hey, we can do poop jokes and sex jokes, and great. You know, I'm glad I, they broke that gender barrier. <laughs> you know, you got you got to start somewhere. Landmark. Um, yeah, no, it was co-written by um, 
the woman who who Kristen Wiig sits next to on the plane and is like freaking out. That's her. That's what partner. I thought. That's what I thought was happening. Yeah. Annie Mo- Annie M- M- Momolo or Momolo. Yeah. Um, and they're they've got a new movie coming out this year. Um, so that'll be interesting. No, but do you know what I mean? Jo- like, like it's just so obviously like. And what I mean by that, like they they definitely have like a story thread connecting all of their joke scenes that like people can relate to and connect. It's not to. what anybody cares about. It's you remember the jokes, right? Like that's yeah. It's an excuse yeah. to get to the scenes yeah. where they can let these people improv. Yeah, definitely. And it's just obvious because like every shot is shot reverse shot or two framed to right. like accommodate for like we don't know exactly where it's going and like it's fun, but it's also like oh, it's two hour. If it was an hour and a half. And it was just tighter, and they cut out the shitty jokes and just like got ba 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 boom. I would have liked it more, I think. Totally yeah. fair, but for me, as you know, because you've had to sit through this, I'll sit down and I'll watch bloopers from a TV show for four hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or the the outtakes and like the actual the the other, you know, them them doing all the different improv scenes and stuff. So I'm a sucker for that anyway. So as soon as I started this movie in the first whatever scene with her and Maya Rudolph, and they're clearly just letting it run and improving, I was like, oh man. I'd watch four hours of this, just of them dicking around, you know? Yeah, I guess it's like what you go, what experience you go into uh, wanting. I think, like, this is, like, it's like when you watch, like, I don't know, anything we grew up on. Like, I I think I've, like, grown out of, like, stuff like, you know, I don't know what was popular. Like, all the Adam Sandler shit or, like, Anchorman, like, all that stuff. Like, I don't really find that interesting anymore. But it it is, like, if you just want to laugh at something really stupid, like, it's perfect for that. Um, and I think yeah. this movie definitely is, it succeeds at what it's trying to do. Like, there are plenty of moments where I laughed. Like, I, yeah. the f- opening scene where <laughs> she and John Hammer having sex is hilarious. <laughs> so um, I love the scene. I mean, like, I think it's gross, but I think the scene, like, they eat the Brazilian food and they go try on the dresses. That's like, it was great. One of the most it's iconic. I mean, it's, it's classic. Yeah. Like, it's, here's the thing. It's like, you, you put, a situation in a place where you shouldn't have the situation and you're going to have comedy with like, but the highlight for that scene for me was Kristen Wiig trying not to throw up in that competition between her and uh, Rose or uh, Helen. And she's like, do you, maybe you should throw up. And she's like, no, actually I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. (laughs) And she's like profusely, cause we know Kristen Wiig on SNL, right? So it's like her keeping the character, the bit going. And then she's like, Ooh, a Jordan almond. Mm." You know, it's, it's stuff like that really cracked me up. Um, but again, it's because, you know, Maya Rudolph, Kristen Wiig, like we've seen their bits on SNL and we like some of the the more memorable characters from SNL came from Kristen Wiig, you know, and she's brilliant in that. And they both, um, you know, Kristen Wiig started in The Groundlings, you know, in L.A. and stuff like that, where she actually met Anna, Annie, um, where they started writing this or whatever. And um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I think that this movie does stand above a little more of the, the knocked up the 40 year old virgin anchorman Talladega nights, like those kind of comedies that we kind of saw like in the two thousands. I was just going to say so. Talladega nights is more, I'd pump the brakes there. <laughs> Talladega nights might be a, a light year ahead. I don't know. I mean, I, love that I agree. Movie. I agree, Josh. That I, I mean, I, I don't think that movie would like hold up, but I just, I <laughs> just, I the just sense, imagine the, Sacha the, Baron the Cohen. Sentiment <laughs> I agree with for sure. Yeah, uh, de- like I definitely agree with the sentiment. I just have a very, very soft spot for in terms of like a, well. in terms of a structured in terms of a structured comedic comedy movie. You yeah. know, all women cast, and I thought it was. I did find it interesting though that they chose not to have like because you know when people are like bachelor party Vegas, let's go crazy. I did. I liked the choice to not actually 
go to Vegas because oh, they absolutely it's been didn't there, have the budget done to that. shoot in Vegas, Josh. <laughs> Which, but that's great. Sure. That's great that they found I mean, that's a way great, to make that we... funny, like to use their limitations as humor. Like that's a great scene. Right. So they use the they use the plane ride exactly, and you know, and then the bus ride home was the vehicle to like kind of catapult her to the her bottom. You know yeah, what I mean? Nobody who and voluntarily then... shoots in Milwaukee has the budget to go to Vegas. <laughs> so. Well, no. Here's the thing. Here's a, I was reading up on it. They they. They shot primi- uh, primarily in L.A. They didn't go to. They had probably some of the out the shots, the B the uh, reels, whatever. Yeah, the exteriors in Milwaukee, but everything was shot mostly in L.A. And it was funny because Paul uh, was saying that you know it's very hard to find because like Chicago is a very unique structure, ag- uh, architecture, and things like that. So it's very hard to find similar architecture in L.A. downtown L.A. Right mm-hmm. or. You know, to they had to film way outside of LA, where they can have flat, you know, green yeah, they planes or whatever that valley. looks like Wisconsin. You know what I mean? So they they didn't really film in Chicago in terms of the principal f- f- photography, but it is interesting that they still were like, yeah, we can't go to Las Vegas, but it's also been done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But also, every situation in this movie has been done. I just find it there was a different flavor to it, especially. I was very proud of Kristen Wiig or writing in that finally when Annie broke at the fucking bridal shower and she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious right now? And then she freaks out and she breaks the cookie and like tries to push over the fountain and like, it's just so funny. And then her and Maya have Lillian have this like really real moment of like, yeah, well, fuck you, man. Like, you know, and I thought that was really kind of poignant a little bit. And of course, you know, having it's. I loved how extra the party was with the puppies, you know, and then like even the pink lemonade, her driving and she's like, I don't want this fucking lemonade. And then she beside her, you know, despite herself, she tries it and she's like, oh, God damn, that's good. Fuck, that's fresh. I okay. think you're, you know, I don't know. It's cute. You're like litmus for enjoying this movie is going to be like, I mean, it's humor. It's subjective. So it's like, do you find these actresses funny? And if you do. This is going to be a great movie. Exactly, exactly. And they're all hilarious. And we all know that going into it. You know what I mean? We've seen them on everything, as you know, just across the board. The I can never remember her name, but the blonde woman who was the one with um, the blonde woman who's always had her kids. I, the, or the character's name is Rita. So I can't remember yeah. her name, but she's the mom in the Goldbergs, and she is hilarious. I haven't seen. And I am a huge fan. I know Caleb, but I'm Jewish, so I have. You have to, yeah. It's a little off. <laughs> I actually, I'm not gonna lie. I I, I love it. I find it hilarious. You get a, <laughs> a letter from Israel being like, "You have to watch the Goldbergs." It's very funny. It's very funny. I believe you. I like it a lot. Uh, I think I first saw this movie before Kimmy Schmidt had come out, so I mm. didn't know who Ellie Kemper was. So it's interesting oh, to watch her and in this. Because you don't... Because yeah. she was in The Office, too. But you don't watch The Office. I actually have started... Like, I haven't, like, sat down to marathon it. No, 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 no. Listen, I watched all of the episodes with Zach Woods in them, because I think he's really funny. Right. And uh, the the moment... Is it Ed Helms? He's like yelling at him. He's like, shut up about the sun. Like literally. So it's Ed Helms being interviewed. He's interviewing Ed Helms yeah. for a position. And he's like, and he's like, how far away is the, the earth from the sun? And Ed Helms starts trying to do all the math. He's like, shut up. Shut up about yeah. the sun. I, I, almost, I think I, I almost passed out. I was laughing so hard. Dude, so for sure. There's good. Remind stuff me it. after this to send you uh, the clip. There's a blooper where it's Zach Woods and, uh, 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 Rain Wilson and John Krasinski in between them, and it's one of the funniest bloopers ever. And they're having this like standing like man. I think I've argument. seen that. I think I've it's seen that. So funny. 
And like Rain Wilson keeps like coughing like protein powder out of his mouth, and John Krasinski keeps spitting coffee back into his mug because he can't stop laughing. It's it's uh, unbelievable. Zach Woods is definitely one of the most underrated. Like he's every he's just a comedic genius. I love. Um, there's the scene where he's like talking to the people in the break room about this like Korean soap opera he's watching, and he goes like really into detail about it, and they're like do you have to have an Asian fetish to watch it? And he's like, it definitely helps. There's a, I don't know if you saw it, but there's an episode where they go to his, uh, his house or his apartment and it's all mm-hmm. like, and he, and he eats a bunch of uh, ground up seahorse. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> Ew, disgusting. Um, but as far as bridesmaids goes, I, I do. Yeah. I feel well, bad because that's the only actress that I don't know her name. Um, cause I, I haven't seen her in anything. Else uh, it's uh, Wendy, Wendy McClendon, Wendy McClendon. is her, um, but no, it's, I, I get it. No, it's, it's definitely not everybody's taste. It's like, you know, when hangover came out, I, I loved hangover that summer, um, because of the type of humor it was, I can't really, I don't know what the, the exact category it falls into. Cause like this, this kind of comedy is definitely different than, you know, the Marx brothers, you know what I mean? So, but that's the thing um, is like, like we were talking about earlier, you know, cultural, like appreciation and like ability to absorb different comedy like changes like every couple years as it should and so like you should kind of like morph and your taste should change and you don't necessarily have to find the same things funny today that you did when you were 12 you know like there's a difference and there's you know like there's definitely stuff that i have fondly from my childhood like um like on the fourth of july i watched team america (laughs) which um doesn't, doesn't like hold up the that great today like there's some stuff that is really too much but there's also a lot of you know it's the south park guys and they're like very intelligent and so there are moments like any anytime they take a pot shot at hollywood or like actors it's still brilliant you know the political stuff is hit or miss you know but but it's okay because that movie came out in a very different time and i think like not that this movie is making any fucking huge like political stances or anything like that but mm-hmm. just there's like some stuff that i'm like oh i would have found this funny like five years ago you know yeah, but then yeah, there are sure. there are jokes that still land like really well yeah. like um that i thought that the the for some reason i don't know why this sticks out of my head but in the end like towards the end of the movie we're in the car and Rose Byrne's like crying, and Kristen Wiig's like, "It just makes me happy that you're ugly." And she's like, "I'm <laughs> yeah. not an ugly cry. I'm not, I'm not ugly, I'm not. right?" No, I'm that she's like, keeps reassuring herself, like, "I'm not. I'm not ugly. I'm not." Because I'm not that's ugly, a, because that's a moment that's based in character. Right. Like, that makes sense for her to feel that way, and it's a great character moment. And I feel like too often these movies or these people feel like they have to like. It feels like these filmmakers sometimes they feel like, all right, we're going to like have a bunch of boring plot stuff and then we're going to get to a bunch of jokes. And like they they feel like I don't know why they don't just make them the same. You can have them be yeah. the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. totally possible. Definitely. But that's just um, me. Well, it, yeah, go ahead. Uh, just, uh, speaking of what we were talking about with, you know, the using different language and jokes that don't really hit as much anymore. I, I was watching Entourage again the other day, just like started season one. And it was like right off the bat and like still look it's still um it's an hbo show so where they're coming from with a lot of the stuff is is still you know what i mean it's like okay uh but just right off the bat there's just like f-bombs and r-bombs and just like you know words that are not used at all in tv anymore at all so it's just like you really it takes you out of it right now a little bit yeah of course and i assume that's the first season and especially in the pilot and i assume like now i'm in like in having like the second season again or whatever and it's already way less you know 
like as the show yeah, there's goes always on. like a growing yeah, yeah rewrite stuff um i did i found it interesting though this was rebel wilson's first american film really yep this was before pets perfect probably like the year yeah. before or like two years before wow she was just a minor character. The brother-sister relationship was With awkward. Lucas, it was yeah. really funny. <laughs> Which I thought was funny because they didn't do anything to hide her accent, but she's like clearly an Australian and he's clearly British. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then uh, <laughs> the plane scene I found interesting. It's with this, with this, uh, the climate right now with like money and we're talking about like how like money pays for education and the class system and like, you know, the whole idea of first class versus coach you know and the idea of like it kind of stung me a little bit where the guy was like no no coach people can't be up here because you know it's not it's policy and i'm like get over yourself you know what i mean and like it was cool that she even pointed out like these should stay open <laughs> well but also like the reality of that situation is don't they like give away seats all the time and upgrade people like all the time to first like to first class he's like that's a very regular thing right? sure yeah <laughs> you know? i mean they definitely, I, I they definitely leaned into the, the what the uh, airline policies were like in 2011, but I know that I've definitely been upgraded to... So this is a totally tangent. Josh, do you remember when we went to Puerto Rico? I like was one of the people on our flight back. They like, they called me and they were like, we're going to like put you up for a night um, because we overbooked our flight. And then so I was like, oh, I get to stay an extra day. That's fucking awesome. But then like, two hours before the plane was going to take off they're like we well, changed our mind you got to get here right now or you lose your ticket so, jesus yeah no I, it was a stressful <laughs> no it's, it's kind of it's it's crazy where like you know the planes get are the same size but the seats get smaller and you kind of get you know it's more money right but and they definitely leaned in for for the jokes you know for the bit of like being super diligent on like you know the whole you know the the stuck up oh it's first class like can't she sit here mm. you know and i loved it when she was like no i'm uh mrs uh mrs In- inglacius you know like that's what i'm saying that was like, like a, no, that was not, like but... a, all right kristen's just gonna improv for like a couple hours and we'll use the best stuff and it's obvious yeah. and like if right. you don't mind that yeah then fine i'm See, like and i don't okay. i don't even and again melissa mccarthy and her husband in that scene like the guy who's playing the air marshal i would have watched that all day i would watch a movie of just them having those conversations oh, yeah. on the plane and you saw him break too yeah, <laughs> yeah oh great. yeah and he, when he finally gets <laughs> up and has his taser or his gut or whatever and he's like i'm an air marshal like, i knew it <laughs> gets me every yeah. time yeah, it's it's this this cycle is going to be interesting with the the comedy stuff because it is going to be a lot of our own. Like I, I I watched it a second time last night and I was like, yeah, no, this is a good kind of indication of what I what I find funny in a movie and what'll get me, no. you know. Which I guess I'm a low a low clown. What what you call it? Like low low, brow, low humor, which I don't think is true low, about you, but. I think I'm what probably just you. <laughs> no, I'm saying no, I'm in, saying in that terms a of like, like he was about to be self-deprecating, and I'm saying I don't think that's true. I think you have a wide variety of tastes. There are people that only think that Adam Sandler movies are funny, even the ones that come out now, and they won't watch. I'm like, right here. I think what I think what's funny <laughs> is that uh, the Adam Sandler movies, like uh, Caddyshack and things like that, are like. Um, I don't. I find them silly. That's that's a thing too. But I also not. I also didn't grow up on but them. Also, like I didn't watch them until I was like an adult. But Caddyshack you know? in in like Adam Sandler movies are big because Caddyshack's uh, Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, way back. You know, like that's a it's a different. Oh, different right. field of movie. I think you're thinking of you. I think you you meant Happy Gilmore. I think Happy yes, yeah, Happy. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Happy Gilmore. Um, or like Little Nicky or yeah. uh, Mr. Deeds. Um, things like that. 
Mr. Deeds, you know, I liked, I actually like Adam Sandler more in the serious character, like in terms of the serious comedies, like 51st Dates oh, or Click Gems. or, he's fucking unreal. you know, Uncut you Gems, he's it, fantastic. Punch Junk Love. Dude, I have the Blu-ray. Oh yeah, I mean, it's so I mean, good. Rain Over, you know, Rain so, Over Me. I haven't seen that one, but oh, I'm sure that might be, might be his best performance. But the, like, even like the, the Will Ferrell movies, like I love Step Brothers, but like. I can only watch Anchorman so many times or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's, there's different levels of different things, of but I think but then there are moments you come back to. It's okay. It's uh, they, and those movies but I feel are like in terms of a, and they're fine. Absolutely. A hundred percent, hundred percent. But what I'm trying to get at is like in terms of as an actor and then like a director, like the, the stuff that I would be tend to lean more towards is the like bridesmaids. You know what I mean? Um, that style of situational humor and, you well, know. you know, it's it's interesting. It's something I've been thinking about a lot because, like, when we when we first got to school, I was pretty like when we first got there, I was doing a lot of comedy stuff like at school, um, and then that changed very hard, um, and I stopped. And now, like, I don't other than co- comedic commercials and stuff, I don't get called in for a lot of comedy stuff. You know, um, it's interesting yeah. how you have to brand yourself, especially when you're like in the audition process and all of that, where like. My headshots don't lead to that at all. My headshots mm-hmm. look very serious. It's all like, no. you know? Yeah. So it's like, I, I've been thinking about that a lot and trying to figure out things to like put out there and stuff to like be like, oh, right. I just look like a, like a serious dickhead all the time, which is great for certain roles. But yeah, I like to laugh um, on set also. Well, yeah. And it's, so. it's hard to like, it's, it's hard to watch. Like I could easily see myself as the cop, you know, character or, even the douchebag, you know, like the John Hamm character, but <laughs> I get it, it all just kind of depends on, you know, your like kind of what you feel. But it's hard because, like in in terms of school, like I always directed like the serious mm-hmm. dramas or whatever. But I could, I never really got a crack at um, comedy just because I wasn't. I guess during school I wasn't labeled the comedy well, except director, for, except but, for Bird Song, you know. Ha-ha. Except for Birdsong, which is a which is a buddy comedy with a, yeah, uh, buddy comedy. with a brother and sister. <laughs> Another um, classic Brandon comedic performance, getting stabbed and stuff. Yeah, spoilers yep. for a so, fucking play. <laughs> first of all, it's not a spoiler. That's the first thing that happens. Oh, I thought you. I immediately went to. The I end. know what you thought. So spoiler now it's a spoiler <laughs> Wow, now you spoiled it, Caleb. I, Thank I, you. I played myself. I am Boo Boo the Fool. I, you wrote it, so it's if you want to spoil it, that's fair. Yeah, it's, if anybody, it's my call. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You're the one that's allowed to tweet that. I don't know uh, how, I don't know if we're like nearing the end of the conversation or not, but I did want to bring up, uh, when I, I just want to know what you guys think about this. When I was in my screenwriting class, okay. there was somebody who, when the professor, who is a very intelligent creative amazing guy he like brought up this movie as an example of like fun like really funny movies and this person in the class was very upset and said that this movie is like an example of how men think that women can only be funny if they're intensely suffering and i didn't want to say anything because i you know, I don't want to say anything and start a fight. And did the teacher say anything? No, but the, the professor, well, what do you do? Like, what do you do when that, when you hear that? But it's it was like, written, what am I going to argue with you? It was written by women. Well, but it's like, you know, you can be a misogynist, you can self-hate, you can be a misogynist woman or like, whatever. right. So I, didn't, I don't, I don't know. But I was thinking about it while I was watching this movie. It was like, I haven't seen it in years, 
Maybe they're right. Maybe I'll go in and that's what I'll get out of it. But like, I just don't see it. And if you guys, I don't know. I don't. Like, I don't see it. I don't see it. Help me give any validity Um, to this, to this view. I don't see it at all. Um, I don't know what to say in the fact that I don't want to say anything. Um, okay, here's the thing. What Brandon's trying to say is that um, that's a perspective. And when when I sit down objectively and watch this movie as a comedy, I see, you know, writing that kind of hits all, ticks all the boxes. And, and I've seen, you know, Kristen Wiig and Annie um, uh, Momolo went out to write a comedy that essentially says, hey, listen, we can do this too. And we can, you know, be just as funny as the raunchy guy comedies or whatever. And I think they succeeded. I don't think it, they have to put a a, a specific situation onto it to make it funny, right? right? Having a woman trying to go through the, the, the wedding planning process and having a best friend who is a seemingly, they're not, they used to be much closer when they were younger, but, Lillian and Annie, like they kind of grew apart because of just life in general, which happens to all of us. Like my best friends in LA, right from high school. And, but I still, you know, plan on making him my best man or whatever, you know, but like, and then it's like, how do you do it? Like, do you, you go to the friend that you've known recently who kind of knows you and who's, who's been a part of your life where you're at now or the friend who buys you and tickets like, to Paris <laughs> or the friend that buys you tickets to Paris. And it's, but that's the situation, but you have to make it kind of, like it's a very stressful situation for women to plan a wedding and to get married and to realize that this is the last moment to have in her specific apartment with all these memories. Like those are real situations to label that as a movie just full of women suffering is, is such a, yeah. is such a narrow minded viewpoint. It's I, also very, yeah. I think the reality is it's very easy for people to criticize and be very against something that you want to do. Um, in that, whether that's acting or writing or whatever is very, it's sure, uh, it's, it's, it's much easier to be like, Oh, that guy sucked. And, and the reality is that guy was amazing. And it's just because I wanted to do that role. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> people are people, artists are artists. They're trying their best. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean, man. Like, yeah. I don't know. So. I'm not trying to make a comment about any, anybody. I'm just saying that viewpoint to me seems reductive. Like Josh, like Josh, like what you were saying, no, I, agree. I feel like it's not accurate. And I don't right. understand how you got that from this. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure there are yeah. movies where it is accurate, but not this oh, one. Yeah, they yeah, worked yeah. their I'm, asses <laughs> off. You I'm know? not saying it that that viewpoint isn't success. valid. I'm just saying for this movie, I don't see how it applies. Yeah. Right. But you I know, know. If you're looking at it strictly from like structure and the writing perspective, like in 2011, it was very, very, very well received in terms of a comedy. And so Academy Award nominations, which I think is a little nominations. I don't know how you guys feel about that for what Uh, I mean, I screenplay. I like that Melissa McCarthy. I I don't know. To be honest, (laughs) Melissa McCarthy. See what I mean? I don't I don't think (laughs) which I think I don't think it's which I think fueled a little bit of like the contrary, like the the one camp about how they say it's not a good movie. They're like, it's overrated with the and I'm like, whatever, you know, I I don't think it matters ultimately. I think Again, the people who won that year deserve to win. So if they yeah. get, if other people get nominated, then great. But it was just, I'm right. like, really for this, like, like, like yeah, the best it's, it's actress, definitely... like the best screenplay for this. I don't know. It's a little. Well, yeah, and I wish, but it did. I mean, it did win awards for like best comedy. You know, like in different like sub like sub awards, like People's Choice, things like that. But sure. like, 
you know, it's definitely, it has its niche kind of like, yeah, but you're not, especially with a comedy, you're not going to please everybody at all. Yeah, like you're not, you're writing a movie for yourself and that's all you need to do, you know, and put the work in and people find you'll, you're definitely going to have that following from, you know, <laughs> the last, the, the uh, SNL the last days, person and so, that everybody agreed, like that everybody agreed was funny was fucking Charlie Chaplin. So like, you can't, <laughs> you can't right. do it. You know, not everybody's going to like you, which is interesting because my, now it's my turn to small tangent. So HBO max started putting a lot more content on their stuff mm-hmm. and they have the Turner classic movies, mm, cool. which actually has house on it. <laughs> I saw and oh, they also have they have all the uh, the Charlie Charlie Chapman and things like that and you know I saw this weird movie looking movie called Eraserhead that I'm gonna have to watch did what you guys call um, Eraserhead but, this weird looking movie it looks it looks super, this guy with the big old hair yeah it's like super, super famous right never yeah never it's like one of those it, famous yeah. experimental films of all time. oh my god question Caleb is that why Eraserhead in My Hero has his demeanor it's almost a very um, I mean, I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's a reference. I don't know. Oh, that by the way, just it's just thing. so you know, just so we have to talk about this later, not on the podcast, but I totally finished season three of My Hero like two weeks ago. So we have to talk about that at some point. But that has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. Four. <laughs> season four. I mean, season four. And any, honestly, Josh, uh, my final <laughs> note. Okay, I'm, I'm going to. Um, final note on my my end, though. Any movie that ends with Hold On by Wilson <laughs> Phillips uh, is a, is an A plus in my book. That they were so was the number one song when I was born. <laughs> this is embarrassing. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> Caleb. <laughs> Friggin'. Oh, no. They were lip syncing. You have them oh, there. God. Sing the song. <laughs> to pay them more. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> that's true. It's Stress only because you can Why hear, like, you? When the lead singer like f- like opens her mouth, it's like clearly a layered harmony like of her own vocal track. Yeah. So it's like she's like not even right. trying to, to. But also, I mean, you know, that's how they film any music stuff anyway, right? You gotta really put it in after. I know I'm being a I'm being a bastard. That's why dancing <laughs> right. always looks the best at clubs and in movies because they're just like people. Yeah, it's just it's just like people like me and Brandon I, hot, yeah. being extras for the day, going like. <laughs> uh, uh, just well, that's the thing is like you saw that with like the the movies titled Bridesmaids, but. So it's focused on the bridesmaids, but then you have the groomsmen, you know, and they're all just like, "Yeah, oh, cool, we're at this wedding, and we're just kind of dancing." It was, it was cheesy, it was fun, but it, you, you know, know would have been really, uh, probably not, but I would have loved if just randomly, like, nah, never mind. It would have, it would have been cheap, but it would have been great if, like, at the party or something, they had done something where the, like the groomsmen that showed up at the end were like the hangover guys. It was like a little tie-in. Oh, they kind like of pulled the it in like, with the... Like Cooper and... Yeah, Galifianakis like Cooper and, and... And they're just standing there, like, as, like, the... You know what I mean? When did the hangover like, like, come out? Before that, for sure. For sure. 2000... Yeah. 08, maybe 09. Yeah. 7, 8. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, maybe. So, know. shall we... I think we've... You know, uh, shall we attempt to yeah, rate yeah, yeah. We're about, we're, this comedy? We're just over an hour in, too, so... About that time. Josh, uh, you go first. Yeah, man, your movie. You picked it. You know, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Solid, solid comedy. I think it. You know, I I chuckled watching it twice in four days. I, it's gonna make me laugh forever. So yeah, I'm also four out of five. I'm also gonna give it a four. I you know really enjoyed it. It's good comedy. Um, and like I said, that you know eighty percent. You know, that's how I felt about yeah. it. Yeah, cool. I'm giving it three. Oh, the there you go. Expected better than I thought. Well, I can't in good conscience give it anything lower because I did laugh. Like, you know what I mean? If I was like sitting yeah. there like stone faced right. the whole time, but 
they well, they're, they're very funny and they they won me over but it's just as a movie i'm like come on it's two hours yeah. long. well <laughs> and now it's, it's getting difficult with the ratings too because i'm like okay well i rated like whatever godfather at like 4.5 or like whatever. So I'm like, well, we I had this conversation, you know? Brandon. We had this conversation that it's all it's it's move. You have to separate movies from things like as a standalone. Taking bridesmaids, you rate it a certain yeah, way. I rate it four. You take Godfather, you rate it a certain way. Like this, yeah, but this still you has to like make I mean, sense to me in my brain. <laughs> sure, hundred <laughs> percent. I just think it's funny how you won't give anything a five, but all that means is that four point five is your five because that's the highest you'll go. That's all I mean. You're just operating <laughs> on a 4.5 scale. Nah, man. That's just because we haven't watched the Lego Batman movie yet. That's going to get him. All right. Speaking of uh, movies Brandon's going to pick, what do we got going on next time? Okay. What? <laughs> okay. Are you okay? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just getting you guys prepared. There's a little bit of pageantry, okay? I apologize. Is it I a nice keep... tale again? <laughs> well, I... <laughs> Yes. I also Rewatch. keep um, No, uh I wanna watch um the uh uh Taiki one, the um We're in the Shadows, the vampire one. I can't remember the name What right we now, do exactly, in the shadows? What we do in the shadows, yeah. I wanna I wanna Hell watch that yeah. yeah. Oh that movie's and, like, amazing. And it launched his career. Um it's hilarious. Well, Josh, that's have you seen it? Debatable. Who's this? What we? It's, it's Taiki Waititi, Waititi, the director of Thor Ragnarok, and a He's bunch ama- of other incredible. Yeah, films. and he always plays plays like Korg and Thor. He's amazing, but his uh, one of his bigger movies back in the day, uh, where it's it's like a documentary style movie, and it follows him, and it's the guy from the Flight of the Concords, Jermaine and they're, Clement. They're vampires, and another guy, and they're vampires who are like living in this world now. And it's like a documentary crew, like following oh, okay. around. It's really fucking funny, man. You're gonna like. You're is gonna this like what it. is this what the TV show? The TV show is yes, based yes, off yes, this movie. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Same the movie. Yes. Okay. The movie is much better. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. I am yeah. stoked. Thank you. I was worried yeah. that it was like gonna be. A, I thought you were gonna like know, that one. But I'm I'm really stoked on this, man. Thank you. Yeah, no, I was either gonna be that or Beverly Hills Ninja. But Chris, <laughs> I I I I love Chris Farley to bits. Like that's my like I grew up watching the snl best of chris Farley over and over and over again and like so now watching that it makes me sad <laughs> so well, that was um, the yeah. side of it i mean that's funny because you were gonna do beverly hills ninja because i'm gonna do next week beverly hills chihuahua oh sick oh, you can't shit. take it back now though you said it and i want to and i want to continue with uh beverly hills uh beverly hills hillbillies whatever or cop <laughs> Naked Gun three. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, fantastic! No, I'm cool. I'm really Looking forward to it. On this, guys. I, I can't. Brandon, do you know what it's on? I, I do you know if it's on anything I or no? Don't. I uh, will double check for you. Um, it's on. Um, it is on something. We'll talk about it after. I know. It's I be- on something. Yeah, it's on. Cool. It's on something. Um, but I'll, I'll find it. And like worst case, I can I can like rent it and send it off to you guys or whatever. We'll figure it out. Sure. Awesome. Well, with that being said, I'd just love to say thanks, you guys, for listening. Um, thanks, Brandon and Caleb, for some some good tangents and some good conversation about bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. So take care, and we'll see you guys next time.